Good morning, everybody. Glad to be with you this first Saturday in October 2023. My name is Ed Samuel. I'm a career coach with a firm called Sam Nova. This is the Optimize Your Career program. For those tuning in for the first time, I'm on every Saturday at 8 a.m. for 30 minutes to give you career advice, tips, ideas, answer questions, just about every facet to help you or someone you know optimize your career. Although our firm is based in Kenneth Square, Pennsylvania, about an hour west of Philadelphia, we do serve clients across the USA and beyond. We help those who are working or in job transition and people who want to advance in some way. We have coached well over 900 people to date, revamped over 2,000 resumes and conducted almost 1,000 career assessments and consultations ending this year. Our aim is always to help people get to that better place, whether it be more money, more happiness, better alignment to values, or to shift perhaps into something completely new, or even bringing in a secondary form of income. But all in all, we try to do it with a Christian heart. I can tell you unequivocally, we are as busy as we've ever been. This year will be quite honestly, our best year. And I'm not talking about best year in terms of just financially. I'm talking best year in terms of number of lives taught, number of people who have found jobs. In fact, this past week, one of our clients in Texas landed a, a job that he was hoping, dreaming of, a remote job, senior IT manager, which is just one of those things where Ferry uh, was a big part of it when eventually I share his story. This morning, I'm bringing back our Career Spotlight series. And our guest this morning is Mike Henry, founder of Follower of One, which is one of the fastest growing virtual Christian networks in the U.S. or new to the world. It's growing. Now, I've been a member of Follower of One for, I want to say, 23 months now. And I can personally attest to the fact that how it has improved my walk with the Lord and how I've touched lives and been taught. Mike is uh, not only the guest this morning, that we're going to be talking with, but he's also sponsoring Optimize Your Career program for the entire month of October. So you'll be hearing Follower One on the promos, and we'll be talking about it just about every Saturday. I want to welcome Mike Henry to the program. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Good morning, everyone. How did you really ever connect, Mike? I think it was just through uh, LinkedIn. I I try to actively connect with believers on LinkedIn, because that's my ministry, is to help marketplace Christians integrate their faith and work. So maybe I initiated it, or maybe you did. We're both connected to a lot of people. No, that's right. That's the beautiful thing about LinkedIn. If you want to leverage it to grow, you know, you have to be on it. And then it doesn't hurt to ask, because every once in a while, God will open a door. And I truly believe God opened that door. He led you to to me on LinkedIn, and you said, hey, you want to talk. And you said the right things. Now, before we just kind of dive into Follower One, I always like to find out a little bit, Mike, where are you from? And where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? And maybe just a little bit about where did you start your career? Certainly. So we moved around a lot when I was a kid. I was actually born in Akron, Ohio, but did most of my growing up in Memphis, Tennessee. We, When I started seventh grade, we moved to Memphis and my mom made my dad stay in one place for a while while we were in school. And, um, and so I did most of my growing up in Memphis and my early career activity was also in Memphis. I went to what was then Memphis State University for five and a half years on the fraternity first program and, uh, but graduated with a degree in business. 
And that's where I met my wife, Vicki. So what was that first job out of college? Where did you land? Yeah, my first two jobs out of college were uh, pretty much commission sales. Because of majoring in fraternity for five years and not having much of a grade point average, nobody wanted to hire me and give me a salary. So I had to go. I had to go earn it. So you did that for a couple of jobs. And what happened next? Did you land a job in Clifford or even self-play? Well, I grew up, so my father was in the trucking business. And my job as a kid was always around the truck line. I was the oldest of three boys. And so I had a lot of experience in the freight business, even though none of it was official until I turned 18. So there was just a little bit of experience loading trucks. So when I decided to get out of commission sales, I tried to get into freight sales in the trucking business. My father tried to make some introductions and help me, but I had a really hard time getting a job. And the job I finally landed forced us to move. We moved first to Knoxville and we were there for a year while our daughter was born. And then we moved to Little Rock for a year. And uh, then my father started a trucking business of his own and he hired me to be his salesperson. But that turned out to be a lot like being an errand boy because my dad's startup company, I was the guy he trusted with things. He had a partner as well. And so my dad and his partner would be busy with everything else and I would get done doing the administrative stuff. And I, that wasn't a good fit for me. But I worked there for six and a half years. And it was during that time and out of the frustration there that I became a Christian. Tell me a little bit about what they worked career to uh, you becoming a Christian. How did that come about? Well, I was, so I was miserable in my work because it looked like that, you know, every job that I took to take more, to make more money was, made me less happy. And I wanted the autonomy. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time. Uh, my wife was trying to get me to go to church. Vicki was a born again Christian. And I joke with people that I was a born in America Christian. I wasn't Jewish I hadn't killed anybody, and I was born in America. And so, Vicky was trying to get me to go to church. My father wanted me to just shut up and do what he said, and I couldn't tell him no. So, I figured, well, I'll go try out church for a few months, and if it doesn't work, I'll tell Vicky no. And that's where I learned about salvation not being a works-based salvation, but salvation being just simply through trusting Jesus. It's his grace and his work that gets me into heaven, and that blew my mind. And uh, left me with this interesting, challenging job I didn't like, you know, and I'm all this joy that came through my faith and all the frustration that came through my career. I started asking God to put me into ministry, to give me a full-time job as a Christian somewhere. Let's go back to the job. I, I assume you left your father's company at that so right here. Actually, so that was, this all happened about a year into my time working for my dad. And as I would ask Jesus to give me another job, it became very frustrating because there weren't other job opportunities for me. In Memphis, Tennessee, everyone in the freight business knew my dad and nobody wanted to hire their competitor's kid. And, um, and so it was, and plus I probably wasn't all that hireable anyway. I mean, we like to think that we're the smartest people on the planet when we're 30 years old, <laughs> you know, but um, I kept asking Jesus to put me into ministry, and I use the air quotes with that, you know, into ministry, and Jesus, it seemed like Jesus would say, okay, you're a minister, now get back to work. Uh, wow. You know, I discovered during that time that 
ministry is just another word for service. And so I can serve anybody. Excuse me, I'm, my throat's getting gravelly there. I can serve anybody. Then why don't I do that? So I started having this challenge about becoming a better employee instead of being a mumbling old grump all the time. And my grandson and I talk about it as mean old selfish jerk. Instead of being an MOSJ, I want to, you know, I can, I can be the kind of person that Jesus wants me to be in that workplace. And that becomes this freeing experience that also makes me a better employee. So now did you stay with your dad for a longer period of time or did you break away at some point? Yeah, I was there for six and a half years okay. and then left just because it was really it just persistently frustrating that, you know, my father was, you know, he, all of his life savings was in that business. And so his ideas were the ones we did. I couldn't make an idea. I couldn't suggest things. It just, you know, it was, it was hard for a young man who's trying to create a career for himself. So I resigned and took a job with a freight forwarding company for two years. They went out of business and I ended up taking another job at my dad's company, opening up a, a location in another city, trying to basically create a branch office in Atlanta, Georgia, instead of in Memphis and did that for two years. But that was also very tiring and wore me out. And I managed to get a job using my technology skills. I've, I self-taught myself regarding some technology things and managed to be able to use that to help communicate with software developers, mostly in the space around supporting the trucking business. And so I got a job in the electronic payments industry. And that led me through two moves that landed me here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I would imagine that when you started to learn the technology piece, it wasn't like someone was prodding at you doing that. You just felt like the Lord was telling you to start learning something new. Yeah. I joke with people that I'm the laziest person you know, and technology makes it easy to get a computer to do things for you. And so instead of me manually typing things over and over again back in mm -hmm. this day, I was trying to get computers to do it for me. And, wow. But it was also a little frustrating because once I figured that out, then I had something else to do in my spare time and it would take me away from the computers. And so I could play with the computers for a little while, get more productive, but then I had to go back to doing my job. Well, let's kind of jump to uh, what was your last job then uh, before Follower 1? Yeah. So my my last job before Follower 1, I was mostly... Um, I was a vice president of a technology firm in Tulsa. I had actually had four or five different vice president positions there in the six years that I was there. Uh, the company merged with a, or actually purchased a larger company and brought in leaders from that company to take over areas of, of the company to run it and grow it. And because my experience was mostly in smaller companies, I would move around a little bit and make space for different people as they took over these new roles. And right after we formed Follower of One, the, uh, I joke about how the music stopped again and there was no chair for me that time. And so uh, I started doing some consulting work with some friends and started working on Follower of One full time. But mostly it was in the IT software development project management space. So this whole notion of Follower of One, I think I... 
I could have swore I heard your daughter speaking, but I've got the met uh, because uh, I've been a member of follow one. But she said something about you bringing this up at the dinner table. Tell me a little oh, bit no. more about the dinner table cloth. <laughs> so, so I had actually, uh, before I started at, at the technology company in that last vice president, I spent three years as a leadership coach and formed an online community called the Lead Change Group and met um, what ended up being a couple of thousand people from all over the globe who wanted to do something more with their careers, wanted to take more of a leadership role. Leadership was just becoming uh, something that people were concentrating on in the 2008-2009 uh, timeframe, and Twitter was brand new. And so Jessica remembers conversations when it first dawned on me that I wanted to do something like the Lead Change Group, but for believers. Now, I wanted to create an online community for Marketplace Christians to help us help one another because it's virtually impossible for a church staff member to help every member of their congregation at the level of their career, at the level of their um, daily work life. You know, there's just too many of us and too few of them. And so engaging believers to help other believers and organized by occupation or industry just kind of came out of all of that idea. So, Mike, when you want follower one, it's a virtual Christian networking group that literally anybody in the world can join. Uh, Correct. And I remember when I joined it, I don't know, it was 20, it feels like 23 months ago, roughly, mm -hmm. but I remember maybe three, 200 members, and now you're, you, I think you're past the 1,500 member mark. Mm -hmm. But what makes follower one different? Because there's quite a few groups out there called Faith and Work. Because I I know many of the leaders out there doing that work. Well, what makes Follower One different? Well, we concentrate on very practical things, and it's aimed at every marketplace Christian. So many of the faith at work groups focus on people who have discretionary time, or their white collar business executives, or people that can put their you know kind of push their faith into their day in some time component. The discretionary time idea actually came from another friend because I was talking with a Christian ministry and he, and he said, well, we're not specifically aimed at CEOs, but our target market is people who have control over their time or control over resources or both. And I thanked him and said, thank you. That really helps me with language. My target market is people who don't. Have My target market is every believer in any job. Because you can work in a call center and still do the five daily habits that we talk about in Follower One. Pray for people, appreciate them, know what we believe, serve others, and speak for ourselves. And so I, that's my goal is to create easy, practical things that any Christian can do in their job, whatever kind of a job it is. So tell me, it's a little, you know, follow one, but what makes, what makes it different? And, and it's this thing called the mission trip. What's a mission trip about, Mike? Because it, I certainly know, because I've been on a few of them, but now for those listening. Certainly. So uh, years ago, I had a conversation with a pastor who was trying to get me to go to Mexico. A mission trip is a short term, one or two week thing where you go to another place and you serve the people there so that the, you might build relationships and help them come to know Jesus. And with that definition, 
this pastor was trying to invite me to go to Mexico, I think is where the church was going. And I couldn't go, but I made either made a comment or, or thought this. And he and I have actually talked about this since then. And we don't know if I said it then or not. We Neither one of us really remember it. But the thought that stuck in my head was, well, I drive 30 miles a day to work. How is that not a mission trip? And that conversation, I really just complained about that for about a decade. And I was talking to a young man uh, about a year after I formed Follower of One. And that friend said, well, why don't you do a virtual mission trip? And it got me thinking, we really don't do, we don't call it a virtual mission trip because we challenge people to go to their own job for two weeks, just like they're going on an overseas mission trip. Let's be more intentional about building relationships and paying attention to the people around us so that we might be able to show them what life is like following Jesus. Wow. And the, uh, so we've done 30 of those so far. 30. Well, I've probably been on 23 of them, so wow. Uh, <laughs> And I keep on coming back for more because uh, for me personally, it's been a, uh, a major blessing and it's impacted my walk with the Lord in ways that I can just cannot play about more people just opening up and say, hey, can you pray for me? Because, you know, I can't explain other than the fact that I'm asking you know, the Lord to, uh, to use me, not just mm-hmm. to make, you know, make my business successful, but use me in the way he wants to use me. Exactly. And it's such a powerful impact. And as you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of inviting people out to find yes. out because I'm, there's no cost to join, right? Mike? Correct. You're, you're not twisting anybody's arm. Now, it is not denominational, right? So it's not like, you know, this is the any type of a club going on, right? Uh, Correct. But there are some tenets that, that people do have to believe in that make it sense. Beyond the mission trips, what are two or three things that it also offers for those who aren't going on mission trips? Like, Certainly. Well, we do a daily podcast that's only about five minutes long. It's designed for like a work day as you're going to work. And we also have, we share those podcasts in the community. We also, they're available on podcast listening devices. I also interview people from time to time. We share and connect people with others who are in the same or similar occupations. That's one of the goals that we have is our vision for the future is to have enough people in there so there are six or eight people or more with your occupation. And you can connect and help one another because being a IT manager is different than being a truck driver. And so if the truck drivers are helping each other and the IT managers are helping each other, that's a good thing for us. You know, we do six of the Marketplace mission trips a year, and we encourage people to do them more than once. We have, we've, this year, we've had more new people do it than ever, uh, but we're also trying to share some of our content in new version app and in several other places so that we can help believers realize that there is a community that's designed to help them integrate their faith and work. And then the way we're funded is we ask people to make contributions after they've experienced some of this and become a partner in helping us make this work. We don't have too much time left, but I think you know, I put a poll out on LinkedIn this week. Mm -hmm. And the way I put the poll out, I asked the question, how important is faith at work? And we asked uh, 
three basic questions. Is it very important and deliberate? Is it somewhat important? Really don't think about it. And, you know, any other thoughts, right? And right now, that whole 60% of the people believe that it's really important and that you do need to be deliberate. And I think that's what follower one really helps you with that. If you want to be deliberate, get involved with follower one because it gives you really good techniques and ways to uh, to be deliberate. But yet 11% said somewhat important. It it becomes, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then 23%, Mike, that was pretty telling. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even think I go to work and, you know, I might leave my faith at home. You know, and just, it's not, I don't even think about it. And that little telling. And there was about 6%, now not all the 6%, but, you know, I've got some pretty stirred feedback. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't even mention it. Don't even bring it up. Don't do anything. Because we're in an environment today, keep your faith, your walk, everything completely sovereign, not a work. And I think some of the comments that were made were based on fear in terms of if you say the word Jesus at work, you'll get fired. And certainly that could be true in the public school system or in, in certain places. So what are your thoughts on those poll results like that, you know, that I'm throwing out? Does it surprise you or? No, I'm not surprised. You know, what? when I started Follower One, one of the questions I asked is, how do you share your faith every day? Almost all of us think that sharing our faith means that I have to tell somebody about it, that I have to talk to someone else about Jesus. And I'm not sharing my faith if I don't do that. But if I live like I follow Jesus, if I go out of my way to love people, if I do the kinds of things that Jesus did, I'm not really pinning anybody down and trying to convince them to follow Jesus and give their life to Christ. I just want to live a life that looks different, that has grace, and that is generous and sharing and isn't a jerk. And I'm not trying to pin people down and have those conversations. And I read even one or two of the people that were negative about your faith say you're supposed to keep it inside. In fact, what we talk about at Follower of One is the, the first four of our daily habits are all things that you do without speaking. And you only do the fifth one, which is telling someone else about why you believe in Jesus. You only do that when you're asked. And so basically, we agree with her, that person that was said this in the discussion, that Our job is to live differently. And then when people go, why are you doing this? Then we can say, well, I'm doing this because I'm a Jesus follower. And my life was changed when I followed him. Now, I'm not trying to tell someone else how to live or what to do. I'm just telling them about my experience. So that's what our fifth habit, Speak for Yourself, is all about. Super. Well, um, Mike, we're um, we're at that that time. If somebody wants to find out more about Follower One, what's the easiest way for them to kind of get information or, and to join? You can go to followerofone.org, and there's a take action menu. You can join the community. You can request an invitation to the Marketplace Mission Trip. You can connect with and find the podcast. Everything's on that take action menu at followerofone.org. That's all spelled out. Follower of O-N-E, right? Follower Correct. Of one. Yeah, all, all spelled out. .org. Well, uh, hey, Mike, thanks so much for joining us this morning. What a pleasure. What a gift to you have been to hundreds and hundreds of people, probably thousands at some point in terms when you think well, of the rippling effect. Thanks for having me, Ed. I'm grateful. Well, I appreciate it. We're just about out of time this morning. So 
So that was new into the program. I did publish my first book called Optimize Your Resume Do's and Don'ts with Sam Noble Way. It's available on our secure website. I'll pick up the shipping costs. You can also get it on Amazon. Our website is samnovainc.com, samnovainc.com. And it's coming out in audio. Knock on wood, it will be out up on Amazon in another couple of weeks. That's going to be pretty exciting for those who just don't want to touch a hard copy book. They love to listen and drive, and we're pretty excited about that. We're well over 500 plus positive comments about the book, and it's helped real less than at least that many land jobs since I put it out. Now, every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm on a new weekend audio live program focusing on career, faith, and purpose with Charlotte Taylor, another mission career coach from Resume Writer based in Florida. We've been getting a lot of people registered. We've had 150 to 190 people register for this talk that we give, where we actually talk about career faith, tips, actions, things to think about, but we try to do it in a biblical worldview. Each week, there's a new invite. If you'd like to jump in and listen, it's audio only. Feel free to do so. You know, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm approaching the 27,000 first connections on LinkedIn. So if you're not connected with me, please Find me on LinkedIn. All you have to do is type Ed Samuel, S-A-M-U-E-L, Career Coach. I'm on the first page of Google. So join me next Saturday on Optimize Your Career Program. That's Saturday, October 14th at Editing Out. I will be talking about how to answer questions not asked during an interview. How to answer questions not asked during an interview. I think you'll find it fairly fascinating and very impactful. This is Ed Samuel, Career Coach with Samuel about you know, to reach us, you can call our main number at 610-274-8214. Again, 610-274-8214. Well, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn or our website. So, look at a great Saturday. Wishing you and yours a great weekend. Stay safe. God bless.